Welcome back to Mind Over Movies. I'm Isaac. I'm Casey. And, uh, this week, we're doing the Dougal episode. We're finally talking about the 2005 animated sensation starring Jimmy Fallon, uh, Ian McKellen, um, Judy, Dame Duty Gench. Duty Gench. It's happening. It's happening, guys. Dougal. It's a masterpiece. Um, it just got uh, voted in the, to the Library of Congress's uh, National Film Registry, you know, as uh, being aesthetic, to be preserved for being aesthetically uh, significant or po- uh, historically significant. That's their criteria. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's the Dougal. It's always sat really well with me. Like, the, the themes of the movie, the Red Genie, he's bad. Mm-hmm. The blue genie, he's pretty good. Right. <laughs> um, Dougal, a hedgehog? What is Dougal? Yeah, he's a dog. A dog, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a hedgehog? <laughs> no, guys, we're not talking about Dougal. Whoa. Get that out of you here. You don't have to just dismiss that bit <laughs> like that, sir. I, dude, I've you... watched that movie like 10 times, like not even lying. Like when I was younger, I watched it a lot. I, I I had it on DVD for a little bit. I think my fondest memory is going to McDonald's and getting a Dougal Happy Meal toy and then watching Dougal. But I don't know why <laughs> that happened, but I think Dougal was low-key kind of a success, though. I think... Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. But with that many like stars attached to it, I had to have some kind of fame. Absolutely. You know, I... Uh, I didn't watch Dougal this week, and I didn't watch any other <laughs> movies this week. Did you? No. Well, no. I really wanted to watch The Queen's Gambit, because that's still on my list. And oh. Mike, of course, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, Queen's Gambit is the ultimate show that I like want to get into right now, mm-hmm. and just haven't started for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Like... I'm super into chess again. I've been playing a lot of my friends. I I taught you chess. Yeah, you taught me chess over the weekend. weekend. Yeah, that was fun. That's why what made me want to watch it even more because like I was already fascinated by chess and I was like I want to watch the Queen's Gambit. Maybe learn a little bit more. But then you taught me chess and I was like, okay, this is a fun game. Also, I uh, really need to watch the Queen's Gambit now. So I don't know. I definitely have that effect when I'm watching a TV show or like a movie. If I know the experience or like relate to it a lot more, I'm just like I'm in it. Yeah. Like, you know, with Whiplash, I was in band, so I was mm-hmm. like, bam, this movie's fun. With chess, I do know how a bishop moves, so, you <laughs> know, maybe that enhances the experience. I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mostly, I mostly stuck to TV this week. I've been... Um, I've been keeping up with Mandalorian. This this episode was pretty I, good this week. I actually haven't watched the new episode. I only watched the the tragedy that episode. That's the last one I watched. Oh, that's so last week. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Let's just talk about it. His baby Yoda's name is Gragu and <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> oh my gosh. The why would they name it? Why would like it's such a weird name, but and people are trying to pull like, oh, Yoda is like not that great of a name. Like, uh-uh. I mean, you see Yoda, <laughs> and they call that like little green munchkin Yoda, Yoda, and it makes sense. You know, I hear Gragu. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because Baby Yoda is so cute, but it just doesn't fit for yeah, me. Grogu sounds like 
what Yoda would have been named. And if they called baby Yoda, like, actually named him Yoda, and that was the first time we ever heard it, it would be... No, was... that would have been the worst route to go down. Really? Like, I feel like I feel like naming the 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 child, I guess, is what it was known as before. Oh, Grogu. Yeah. just naming it. Naming it Yoda. I don't know. It it kind of sounds fun, but I just in the context of the show, I can't see that like how it makes sense. You know, right. the guy doesn't even know what Jedi are yeah. until like. Well, I mean, if Yoda if Yoda had never existed. And they just came up. The writers just were like, there's never been a Star Wars character named Yoda. And uh, they that named w- it Yoda. That'd be off-brand for Disney to come up with something original, <laughs> dude. You, you think that they don't want to make like a I, million uh, things with one property? <laughs> uh, speaking of, <laughs> good little segue into our topic for today. There's a bunch of streaming nonsense going on these days it's it's been going around town too long yeah um, time to talk about it (laughs) today's episode we're going to be talking about the streaming war still yeah i would say i would say there's still a war going on versus uh we're going to also talk about what the what's happening with theaters um and just the you know, effect the pandemic has had on it, and basically just where uh, I think streaming services, where we're headed with this stuff, um, and we're also, obviously, we're going to mention Nolan's, you know, disastrous comments. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the like, so you, you buckle down. Um. <laughs> you know, it's just like, this, uh, this last weekend, Disney, was it this last weekend? Yes. Yeah, Disney announced a bunch of content coming to Disney Plus. There's like ten Star Wars things coming out. Yeah, and ten Marvel. Ten, an additional ten Marvel things. And I mean, you know, it's not that surprising that Marvel has a million things coming out for it because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been cluttered Mm -hmm. since like 2012. Yeah. You know, after that first Avengers movie, they were like, let's do three movies every year. Yeah. Or they were for a little bit they there. They were, yeah. It was uh yeah, the three the three movies a year started in twenty sixteen with Civil War, I think, or right after twenty sixteen. So for like two or three years they were doing three movies a year and they were gonna do it in they weren't gonna do it in twenty twenty. They were only gonna release uh Black Widow, but they had WandaVision planned for twenty twenty, mm. I think, and then well obviously that, that stuff didn't happen. Neither are here. Neither are here. Um, Which that's interesting because Disney Plus was mm-hmm. like looking to be the service or no, I think they were just going to release the movie in November because, you know, they they delayed it at a time where they were like, yeah, you know, people will probably still go see like higher end like studio movies in the fall because they won't care about coronavirus anymore. Mm-hmm. And then Tenet happened and it was no disaster. one. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's just, it's not a surprise to me that there's so many things coming out. I just hate it anyway. Like, I I vehemently hate that we are living in a time where we're going to opt to make, like, 20 more um, things of something that already exists than put effort forward to try and Mm -hmm. make, like, one original, like, IP. Yeah. Like, 
I get that Disney itself, when they make animated movies, those are always like original IPs these days. Yeah. Well, not even that. They did Frozen Two. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. So I mean, they've done not... Wreck It Ralph before that, like two. And Ra- yeah, Wreck It Ralph. I two. think the last original thing they did was like Moana. I want to say in Disney's animation department, besides not including Pixar. No, not. Because uh, Pixar often does their own thing, but they are right. starting to do a lot more sequels. Yeah, they are well. starting to do. But speaking strictly of Disney's animation, yeah, I can't think of an. I know they they must have had something original since 2016's Moana, but I don't know. Must they have? I don't know. I know <laughs> the their next like Disney princess thing that they're doing is like Raya and the. Oh Last yeah, the dragon thing yeah. coming out. Oh, also with. Well, let's backtrack just a, a bit for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, Disney had their Investors Day for 2020. It was a virtual event. They have one every year, but this year is virtual um, where they announced a crap ton of projects. You know, like we said, like 10 different Star Wars projects in the work, 10 different Marvel projects, uh, actually over 10 Marvel projects, but like 10 things that are going to Disney Plus specifically. Yeah. And basically what an investor day is, is from what I've gathered, I haven't actually like Googled what is investor day from what I picked up from watching them over the past few years. They're literally for investors. They're for shareholders for basically them to like, you know, don't throw out stock in us because look at what we got coming. Don't you want to be an investor? Or they kind of encourage people to, you know, buy stock in Disney. Um, so yeah, and so by doing that, they have absolutely just, uh, you know, dumpster trucked. Uh, oh my God, so much! Like if you really look at the scope and scale of it, especially with what like pick what their animation department revealed. Um, I didn't see. You know, honestly, I only saw the Marvel and like Star Wars stuff. What's going on in the animation department? They're doing a Buzz Lightyear. Oh, with Chris Evans. Okay, yeah. I did see this. Yeah, That's coming to Disney it's going to be a Buzz Lightyear origin yeah, story. Yeah, origin story. What? <laughs> you know, I think Disney. Um, you know, John Lasseter gave us Toy Story, a masterpiece, and then Disney focused in on what that movie was, but in the wrong aspects, and they're like. Buzz Lightyear fighting space people. Like, that's what we need. Okay. And I'm like... But you can't say that Disney just now came up with this bad idea. Because do you remember in the 90s? Buzz Lightyear Star Command. Yes. Yes. And they that had, a, like, the movie. They had, like, the TV show of it. Yeah. No, I can't... No, I... Uh, they definitely... Disney definitely made that mistake in the 90s with that... You know, but hey, I watched that movie though, and I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Honestly, in my head, watching that movie as a child, like it's a really dark movie in my head. I don't know, like, (laughs) yeah, doesn't Buzz Lightyear get his like butt kicked at some point by like a big old meanie? (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember the plot. I I don't, I'm looking at it through the lens of a five year old, right? Right, (laughs) but um. But yeah, they're doing a Buzz Lightyear thing. They announced three more, like, what I'm guessing is they're, like, additions to their princesses. Mm. So, like, we have Rhea, and then there's two other ones. And the thing about the two other ones is they are they are um, not, like, traditional European or, like, American. Like, they're uh, non-white uh, characters. 
but I could tell by the name. I can't remember what like language it was, gotcha. but I could tell by the names that they're really branching out, trying that's, to include more princesses and stuff. That's cool that they're trying to do yeah, that definitely. more. Like that was nice that Moana finally represented like Pacific Islanders. Yeah, and, like, you know, like finally jumping into cultures that we've been neglecting because we've already had like our our fair share of like mm-hmm. European. Like Sleeping princesses, Beauty, Cinderella, Snow White, even Frozen. Most Frozen, recently, yeah, like you're def- getting Nordic, um, or yeah. at least that's the vibe I'm getting from mm-hmm. that. Like, and it's it's fine. I mean, if you make a good movie, sure. But like, it's just nice to see representation mm-hmm. happen because it, it does matter. Definitely. But you know, it's just so exhausting to like come out of one of these investor days and just like, I don't know. It seems like movies and TV shows used to be more of an event. Like yeah. you had the one like coming up, and I guess specifically I'm thinking about Star Wars in this instance, because you know Star Wars used to only exist as movies, and they would come right. out maybe every three years yeah. if there was a trilogy going on, mm-hmm. and then you'd have to wait like another decade or so for the next like big Star Wars thing. It always felt like an event. Yeah, and it. I don't know. There's just something that sucks the fun out of it. You you just dump like the next ten things you have in mind mm-hmm. in like one meeting, and you know like two of those things are probably gonna get canceled anyway. You oh, know, like, definitely, yeah. Like I think they've already scrapped Ryan Johnson's like trilogy that he wanted to do. Oh God! So they scrapped Ryan Johnson's trilogy and uh, when d and d the writers of uh game of thrones you know david and uh dan i think is yeah uh they went uh they canceled their trilogy or they like just couldn't work something out i was like good but (laughs) well i think that just goes to show though that disney has like uh you know if fans backlash we don't want to do business with anymore like we don't want to do business with you anymore kind of mindset like yeah like Ryan Johnson, you know, Last Jedi drops. He uh, he receives criticism from the fans. Uh, Disney's like, screw you, we're done with you. Mm-hmm. We're getting JJ back. Even Colin Trevorrow, I think, like Lost World, um, Jurassic Park, Lost World, like had stuff to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out. Um, and then of course D and D, like they had huge backlash from the Game of Thrones finale. And I doubt that it was creative differences that brought their like professional relationship to an end. They I, definitely yeah. saw the tweets and they were like, "Get out!" Get, yeah, definitely. I I think Disney. Um, you know, there's a lot of directors I admire, like Taika Waititi mm-hmm. working for them. Patty Jenkins has oh, yeah. killed it um, in the past. But like, they're such safe choices, and I I don't know. Like, I really respect Taika Waititi still, but, like, anytime he does a film with Disney, I just feel like it's getting more, like, he's getting more Disney-fied. I don't know how to describe that other than, Mm -hmm. like, his directorial flair is fading and this, like, kind of safe brand is coming up. Definitely. And that's weird that you point that out because, to me, even watching Jojo Rabbit... Mm-hmm. Even the source material, you know, for that, it's very dark. So it's obviously a dark comedy. That film felt very safe. It was a is a PG thirteen rated movie, and you look at back what Taika's done in the past, and you're like, this could have been so much more like visceral, you know, both in its comedy and its like 
what it's showing you on screen. And I don't know. It is. I, I do get the sense that he is playing things more say, and he's working on like three different projects for Marvel at the moment. Um, it's, I don't like it. As I don't. Much. Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean like the Thor love and thunder, I'm sure will be good, but like, honestly, other than Jojo rabbit, I think Ragnarok is probably one of Taika Waititi's weakest films other than like his first, did you ever see, eagle versus bird or uh, or eagle versus shark yeah no so that is uh i haven't watched no i haven't watched it what i'm getting at is that i saw it like on letterboxd and i was looking at it and i really wanted to watch it and another one of his films that i've only seen clips from what we do in the shadows oh what we do in the shadows is straight up one of the best comedies ever made yeah i can't hype that up enough (laughs) that's what i've heard (laughs) it's it's so good and like that movie is definitely not safe um sorry there's a little dingy dingy in the background (laughs) it was our it was our editor sophie she she needs to like silence her phone before these things happen sophie please yeah okay (laughs) God, we ought to fire her. We really should. But, um... (laughs) No, what we do in the shadows is definitely a a more risky venture. Mm. Like, the the whole way the film is presented to you, like a fake documentary, that's a risk right there. Mm -hmm. The vampire, like, aspect, it's in New Zealand, you know? There's just so many things going on. Which, I mean, the New Zealand part is because Taika Waititi is from New Zealand. Right. And, you know, his yeah. writing partner, Jermaine Clement, from Fly of the Concords, was also a local. And, like, New Zealand's film industry is, like, incredible, actually. Oh, yeah. Like, ever since Lord of the Rings went through there, like, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. But I don't know. There's something about seeing that movie and seeing something like Boy, like one of his earlier projects that has a lot of grit and, like, heart mm-hmm. to it. And... It's odd, like Jojo Rabbit is kind of a touching movie, mm-hmm. but I don't think it has nearly the same kind of heart. It definitely feels like a, a safer corporate movie yeah. that's like, you know, oh, let's have a laugh at the Nazis, Yeah, you know, and they don't even go into the Nazi stuff all that no. much. It, it kind of holds its punches a little bit. Oh, definitely. It, yeah, I wrote a whole essay on Jojo Rabbit, like... For fun, I didn't really have to turn this in for like academic academic purposes. I just wrote it because, uh, um, well, I didn't have a podcast, but <laughs> you had to have an outlet, right? Yeah, maybe one day we'll talk about Jojo Rabbit more extensively because, like, I have some thoughts on the film. Oh, um, I'd love to. Yeah, I mean, Taika Waititi is definitely a director I would love to like deep dive into. Definitely. Just, I guess the main point I got to stick to here is like. Yeah. Disney got a hold of him and they've put him to work, you know, he's out in the he's out in the movie fields yeah. making so many movies for them now and it's right. just like at a point you got to accept that quantity does not equal quality and I think that's the biggest problem with Disney's business model here is that there's just so much. Yeah. And there's no way even half of it is going to be good like I'm not interested in most of the projects they announced like I don't know. Star Wars Visions is one that grabbed my eye because that's going to be like Japanese animators doing yeah. their take on Star Wars. That sounds like something they're, we haven't seen before. Yeah, they're really just like single like episodes, like vignettes, and like I'm really excited for that. That'll be different. That sounds interesting. Yeah. But like on the other hand, you have stuff like Marvel What If, which 
I don't know. It just sounds like a way to cash in on like getting getting fans, like, getting fans like to you know get really riled up over like things that don't actually exist yeah. or matter. I don't know. Like the whole concept of that show doesn't really do it for me. The, yeah. And I watched the trailer, and like a lot of the premises are really weak too. Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, Haley Atwell's character is the one that gets selected for the super serum instead, mm. and she's Captain Britain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or what if Chadwick Boseman was out walking in the woods and the aliens picked him up and made him Star Lord? <laughs> like, just not very interesting concepts. Yeah, no, definitely not. Especially considering that, like, Marvel Comics often did these things, like, a lot better. Like, they have whole, like, comic book universes of that like go into super dark territory and like where character deaths matter and it seems like disney is only concerned with asking what if person a swapped with person Person b B. yeah Mm, pretty interesting if you think about it (laughs) yeah i yeah i'm not as excited for what if when they first announced it like i had i've seen like some of the comics uh the kind of what if scenarios of the comics and I'm like okay this will be this will be super dope like we could go into some really weird territory here especially because it's animated mm-hmm. and then you see like the trailer and you're like really? It's so safe it's so so safe and I'm like are you trying to make this canon in the future? Is that what you're doing? Stop it. Get some help um, <laughs> <laughs> no oh, I wanted to bring up a point though about the Disney Plus shows because I'm really scared slash really interested WandaVision is a show that is six episodes long oh okay that sounds phenomenal right the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is also a show that is six episodes and so is Loki here's the thing when I was reading about them I like read up on that shut up Dell nobody cares no, I was reading up on the shows, and um, with the, for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it said this is a this is a story, a movie basically that is told in six episodes. And I was like, so like they were implying that it was only one season, like it was a mini series. Yeah. So I'm like, are these all just gonna be mini series? Because then, if if so, why didn't you just make a three-hour movie and put it in the theaters? Honestly, people would go see like a yeah, three-hour like, like Marvel's established Marvel enough now. If people if they put out literally a three-hour movie called Wandavision, people would go watch it. Well, I guess it's mainly just for their people. It's I understand it's um, incentive for people to get Disney Plus. At the same time, I think it's kind of crappy that you're toting these as series and they're just going to be mini-series that are like one-offs, like almost as long as a movie. Honestly, I I kind of have to disagree. Like, I, for one, if I heard that there was a three-hour movie about Scarlet Witch coming out, I would not go see it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that character has gotten like any kind of development in the no. movies that matters like you know you can go on like a marvel instagram page and they'll point out that moment where she's like you took everything from me which is a cool moment but like (laughs) that doesn't represent that character getting a bunch of screen time in the past like she's kind of been shoehorned into every marvel project and that's really disappointing i think that 
in this instance, a TV show uh, on a platform that is constantly under people's scrutiny of like, should we even renew this? Like Mandalorian's not on right now. You know, I think that's yeah. the way you can bring that like character to like fruition and like make up for lots of lost time in terms of like character development. And also I kind of like the idea that these shows are going to just do their thing and be done with it. Like so many shows don't know when to end these oh, days. Yeah, like definitely. there's like several long running television shows that should have ended like years ago. Like Supernatural just ended on season like 15, I think. That show should have died that like sh- maybe season six, it sounds like. That's what Luke said. He said there's <laughs> a good ending for season six. So yeah. <laughs> I And I've always been of the opinion like shows like The Simpsons, Family Guy, um, currently like The Walking Dead. Oh, um, All shows that should have ended like so many years ago. And, like, the idea of just doing, like, a limited, like, run, that's that's one of my favorite concepts because a lot of my favorite TV shows in recent years have been that. Like, Watchmen last year. Mm-hmm. That's just a solid nine-episode run. Damon Lindelof, he said, we're not going to do any more. Um, and that's dope because the nine episodes that are out are fantastic. And mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like it would be a little bit of a stretch to, like, try and keep that going. Like, I don't know, compared to Mandalorian, which doesn't seem to have any plans to end anytime soon. Yeah. I'm kind of excited that the Marvel shows will end. But can I say that I'm very excited for any of them? No. <laughs> I mean, like, WandaVision, maybe. Yeah, but. yeah. I'm, I get what you're saying. I, I feel like a lot of people are going to be upset, though, that they're not, like, full-running series. If they are miniseries, I'm not going to complain, but they've been, to me, it seems like the marketing and what they've been talking about has made it seem like all these shows are going to be like long running and they're like, they're like six episodes and you know that if they, if they would have said that at the beginning, if they would have said like, Hey, by the way, this is a miniseries, like it's not going past six episodes. I'd have been like, okay, cool. That's even better. But now I've, I've just thought one thing and now it's another and I'm like, okay, there's like two shows in there that I would be excited to actually watch as long-standing series if they, you know, did it right. Um, but, I mean, hey, we won't have to wait too much longer. WandaVision comes out January 15th. Um, I'll definitely be watching it just because I watch everything that Marvel puts out because I'm a consumer. I'm a horrible consumer. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like to be in the cultural know-how, and I know that you know memes would probably come out about WandaVision or yeah, you know something else. And and plus, if you have Disney Plus, you know you got to justify that like purchase exactly, somehow. Exactly. Yeah. And Mandalorian only comes around <laughs> <laughs> once, <laughs> once a, year. a year for ten weeks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, like I'll I'll definitely catch WandaVision and I'll probably watch Loki and Yeah. Winter Soldier too. Wait, is it Winter Soldier and Falcon or The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Okay. Yeah. I I'll watch them all probably because yeah. I want to be in the know. That's it's why before the pandemic I would always go to the theater like every time a superhero yeah. movie came out. It's I just want to know. Yeah, you know? So, yeah, I mean for me, it's it's every time I go to see one, I'm hoping like something will be different and something will wow me. Like, like I'm sure when people went and saw like The Dark Knight, you know, back in 2008, 
they were thinking the same thing. Like, okay, you know, it's another Batman movie. Let's let's go see if there's anything different. And then they were very pleasantly surprised. And then the movie grossed a billion dollars, you know, mm-hmm. globally. And obviously that was a huge hit. And every, I think everybody's been searching for that, like, one movie, you know, to kind of, like, just break, uh, think outside the box and, like, break out and, like, be a, a good superhero movie, I guess. I've... I just want to like say I've always liked DC's approach better than Marvel's, and I think the worst thing that happened to DC in recent years is that they decided that they want to do like the lots of content coming out every year, and it's all interconnected. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Like, no, like back in the days of the Dark Knight, like you'd get a movie from like DC every two or three years, mm-hmm. and it'd always be a pretty solid movie like yeah. the dark knight is a fantastic movie mm-hmm. like that's one of the best movies ever made and i mean it recently got accepted into yeah. like the congress like library yeah yeah the library of congress their national film registry uh don't quote me on this year but i think it's every five years they all vote on uh the members they all vote on which films to bring in that are historically uh or aesthetically significant in film history in cinema history or like for history of the world the dark knight is obviously very historic and they just voted in yesterday the dark knight into the national film registry so that is huge that is a superhero movie being preserved basically they choose these films for preservation is what it is uh which is just awesome i think Mm -hmm. so and really interesting what that's of course 2020 that would happen in 2020 you know yeah but i mean the year of historics i mean if they were to pick movies from this year we'd end up with stuff like trolls world tour Tour, yeah (laughs) which is gonna be a historically significant movie though i mean i i'm not gonna also i'm not gonna be surprised if they choose tenet because you know that that one was the first movie to be put out in a pandemic and then you know we can argue about the numbers but I don't. I don't know about Tenet because do you think enough people actually went and saw Tenet to like? I mean, they're gonna see it when it comes out on DVD at least. I feel like it's about to have a resurgence of like popularity on the internet because people are gonna go buy it on DVD because it's coming out on DVD in like a few days, I think, in like some like December something like that. I um I really love what HBO Max is doing with um releasing their their Warner like studios uh-huh. movies on the streaming service at the same time like we're gonna get wonder woman 1984 here in like a week i think Mm -hmm. and that's just awesome that like unlike other studios right now and under unlike christopher nolan who works pretty heavily with warner brothers um they're willing to like forego that like kind of profit they could make in a theater uh, and realize that streaming services could make you even more money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, just like, you know, leaving this hubris behind that we have to have our films in the like 4K, like HD experience, like on the big screen. And like, we can give it to people at home finally and in a safe capacity. Yeah. Too. Like, I think that's the coolest move. Um, I mean, I think that's the coolest part of this move to streaming that Warner is doing is that, you know, people get to watch movies again and have the movie going experience again. It's just evolved a little bit. And yeah. it's, it's safe 
for the times that yeah. we're living in, you know? Do you think they'll do you think they'll go back to uh, because I would be way more up in arms about this move if we weren't in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, I can totally understand it right now. But do you think, like, once, you know, in a year or so, whenever, like, all this, if all this, you know, ends and everybody everybody's pretty much back to normal and everything opens up again, do you think that they'll stop putting their films on HBO Max and, like, leave it for the theaters? Absolutely not. It's too good of an idea to keep it on streaming services i i guarantee you this is going to be well i can't guarantee anything but i have a strong feeling this is going to be successful this is going to be the first step in other um movie studios like doing that like netflix has been doing this for years now where they're releasing movies in limited like releases Mm -hmm. in theaters and then they're releasing it on the streaming service and it's working like Netflix movies win Oscars now, or they yeah. get nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Like they're cinema, they're real film, mm-hmm. and I think people are gonna accept that. Just because it's not on the big screen, doesn't mean that you uh, that you can't enjoy it as like an authentic, real film. And you know, I love going to movie theaters. Like, I do too. That's an experience I really love, but. I think it's time to stop gatekeeping mm-hmm. how film should be like enjoyed, you know? Like if someone's best option is to stay at home and watch something on their couch, why not, you know? Yeah. I think it's utterly pointless to force people to go out and be in a public space and watch a movie with like 200 other people sometimes, you know? Like, people who could be rekocious and loud and ruin their experience when... Yeah. If the best experience is just your little home theater system or even your little dinky TV or mm-hmm. even your phone. Yeah. Oh, sorry, David Lynch. Uh. People watch movies on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like... I'm tired of pretending like we should invalidate people's movie-going experience, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. if you want to go to a theater, no one's stopping you. Yeah. I guess on the flip side, though, you got to examine um, how it could hurt theaters. Yeah, I was going to ask. Like people who own businesses like that. Yeah. um, For those of you who don't know, I worked worked at a drive-in movie theater. And how movie theaters work, how they get their profit, it's mainly from concessions. Mm -hmm. It is mainly from concessions. And Disney, I'm going to call it Disney like we haven't already been calling out Disney. This is a horrible thing they do. It's a horrible thing, and I've experienced it firsthand. And the movie theater that I worked at, I worked at the drive-in movie theater in Marshall, Arkansas. Uh, they hated uh, showing Disney movies because Disney takes 75% box office revenue. That's not... 75%, man. And they will only allow you to show cert if you do it like drive-ins they, they do a double feature okay if you do a double feature they're very picky on what that second feature is paired up with their disney film it's weird they got a lot of rules so and it's the same for it's not just the drive-in theater i'm just saying that's from my experience and my boss told me that's pretty much everywhere you know if it's cinemark amc you know whatever Disney takes 75%, you know, other, the big five studios like Warner Brothers and Fox, they, they take, uh, uh, 60%, up to 60%, um, which, you know, is why, uh, 
theaters like already struggle and it's why people worry so much about theater you know the business of theaters uh going out due to the streaming services um do i think do i think this is the catalyst for it probably not i don't think theaters will ever go out but there's gonna have to be like some moviegoers that really step up and are able to give uh, theaters you know their the money that they need um and I honestly, I can see maybe prices going up, you know, if they can't get the audience that they were uh, before, because it takes so much to keep a theater running. You know, they got all the food. You have to pay people to clean all the theaters. You know, I bet a theater's electricity bill is absolutely astronomical. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you got you know twelve projectors running, you know, almost simultaneously, simultaneously, you know, every day. Um, it's crazy. That's that's why people are worried about movie theaters, not because. You know, it's just so easy to make money for. It's not easy for a movie theater to make money. That's that's why they pop popcorn so much and get the smell. It's like all like, it's like uh, they put things in front of you to make you want to buy them. The smells it makes you want to purchase food because mm-hmm. they make a lot of money off of the concession food, and that's why it's so high because they don't make jack from ticket sales because the the studios take all that crap, especially Disney. Well, I, I actually saw something about, like, this move to streaming services, how it could help with that. Like, it might, you know, make companies take less out of, like, box office because they're putting yeah, all their ducks yeah. in, like, the streaming service, getting them bank. Like, That's true. You know, they can just get a huge, like, uh, fee from, like, whatever streaming service wants to air their movie and then, you know, see profits from people, like, jumping onto that streaming service and then... In the theater, you know, maybe these, like, the theater owners can see more of that money from ticket sales. Yeah, Like, definitely. that was something that was proposed. We have no reason to believe that's how it's going to actually work, though. Yeah. It sounds a bit optimistic to me, because I think the company yeah. would rather double dip than definitely. dip to theater owner. I don't think I don't think Disney is going to lower their ticket percentage and the, all the time that I worked at the theater Disney was the hardest to just always deal with because they asked for almost unreasonable things they were like you know 75% of the box office sales for the first two weeks that you show the movie then the third week that you show the movie will do 60% and it's like they're saying you know you have to show up for three weeks three weekends that's ridiculous and that's like that's like how they negotiate so with the I them lowering their ticket percentages, I highly doubt it. No. Other studios though, like Warner Brothers, they might. I could That's see a, Warner Brothers. I could doing see them it. doing that. Yeah. I hope they do that. That would be awesome. Because obviously, you know, everybody's got a, a streaming service now. Obviously streaming services make money. They make bank. So, you know, I don't see why it wouldn't make it a little bit easier. You know, they've been struggling for a hot minute, <laughs> really. I'm I'm just gonna be real with you though, like my plan with most of these movies that are coming out, if I don't really feel like spending $15 on a ticket, of course I'm going to, like, if I'm curious, I'm going to just watch it at home. Like, Matrix yeah. 4, you know, if that gets bad reviews, I wouldn't spend $15 to go to the theater to see it with yeah. a bunch of people, but mm. I would I'd watch it at home on HBO right, Max yeah. and just turn it off if <laughs> I don't want to see it anymore. Like, I think the, the appeal of being able to... Well... I guess it's just our short attention span in this generation, but like if we don't like something, we can just turn it off and switch to something that we'd like more. So, mm-hmm. you know, if Wonder Woman 1984 is not really your vibe, you can just 
turn it off and go watch like HBO's Game of Thrones or some yeah, like yeah. original content like right there. Or Barry. Barry. Watch Barry. Watch Barry. Watch and Barry. Euphoria. Yep. Great shows. Uh-huh. Um, but like, I don't see myself in the pandemic going out to a movie theater at any point. So I definitely am going to enjoy that through mm-hmm. HBO Max. And then after, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I need to see Dune on the big screen. Mm-hmm. If it's on my screen here with speakers, or yeah, <laughs> or if it's at your house, <laughs> gold TV. <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I think for me specifically, going to the movies has been something that I've like, like I I I yearn <laughs> to go to the movie theater. Honestly, I love it. I cannot tell you. I think I saw every major release and even most minor releases of 2017, my freshman year of college, because me and Remington went almost every other day to the movies. I went so much and I loved it. Um, And I went and saw Tenet in theaters twice. And the reason I saw it in theaters twice was because we kind of took a risk going the first time. But we well, we watched Cinemark's thing, their plan for safety, and we thought it was uh, you know sufficient. So we went. There was nobody in our theater. It was just me, Donna, Luke, and Florian. Wow. And we were like, okay, sure. We watched it. Then we wanted to go see it a second time. The second time we saw it, we saw it in XD. And there were 10 other people in our theater. And that's the XD theater. So that it's a bigger room, and they're much farther away. So... When it comes to these, you know, Warner Brothers releases, I'm probably going to see a few of them in theaters just because I know, at least here, because I know the movie theater experience in Conway, Arkansas is super safe because nobody's going here. At least when I went and saw, like, I mean, we saw Tenet on opening weekend. It was opening weekend and nobody was there. And so I would feel comfortable watching a couple of these that I like. I really want to see Dune in theaters. Just, yeah, I, I think Dune is one that I will end up going. Yeah, and if, if the Matrix it, 4 is as crazy as Speed Racer or the first Matrix, I'd kind of like to see it in the theater, but I'm not holding my breath, really. I, I think the big thing that um, allures me about mm-hmm. this streaming service move is that a lot of the times I want to go see a movie... And I can't wrangle anyone to go see it with me because yeah. it's like something that I am the only person that wants to go see. And so, <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to just <laughs> do it at home. Right. Like, I think the last movie I saw alone was Pacific Rim, the the <laughs> sequel. What? I don't uh, even remember what Uprising. it's called. Uprising. <laughs> and it's a terrible movie, oh, by yeah. the way. Yeah. But like, I just felt so silly. Like, I'm by myself at this really bad robot movie and like i i could leave but now i'll just feel even sillier because you know i don't have anyone here to make fun of it with and i also already spent the 15 dollars because i was so determined to go see it or something (laughs) i don't even know why (laughs) it had bad reviews i don't know why i thought (laughs) it would be different i just wanted a big fun robot movie like pacific rim right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you can imagine my disappointment when I watched Godzilla King of Monsters and I just wanted a monster movie. I want to see monsters fight. And then I saw Vera Farmiga scream for like 45 minutes. Like, is this ridiculous? Are we talking about the original one or is, or was Not this the one that came out last year? The one that came out last year or the year before. The Yeah. Uh, that one, I'll tell you what, 
I did convince someone to go see it, my friend Devin, and I was actually disappointed. Like, I think with the first Godzilla, they definitely didn't have enough of him. Mm-hmm. And then they took, like, all kinds of wrong notes in this one yeah. because there's just so much, like, going on in King of Monsters. Like, I don't know. There was just, like, way too many fight scenes and, like, they weren't all that entertaining. Like, yeah. they weren't very well. That's what I'm good. saying. Imagine my disappointment because they were awful fights. I hated the fights in that no. movie. It was, it was just a bad movie it, as well. It made me miss, like, the first movie's, like really weighty like last 10 minutes you know Mm -hmm. like that felt like impactful and i know that the monsters in that movie were really generic looking and forgettable but when godzilla is like laser breathing down one of their throats it like feels intense right and in this one it was just so weighty yeah you know honestly yeah i like the the first interesting story we're off on a rabbit hole now but the interesting story about the first godzilla movie um, the class that graduated before me in high school, um, I was going to, uh, I think I got invited by somebody in that class, somebody I was friends with, but I ended up not being able to go, uh, to that specific like senior trip. Um, cause you could like take a person on the yeah. Well, um, well they went to go, they went to Branson and they were going to do some kind of go-kart thing, but it started raining. So the go-kart place shut down. And they were like, it was storming. But then, like, the facilitators of the trip, the teachers or whatever, were like, wait, what if we just go see Godzilla in IMAX? And they were all like, okay. <laughs> so they went to the IMAX and they saw it. And, like, I swear, like, every one of these people that came back, they were like, dude, Godzilla was good. And we're talking about, like, some of these are yeehaws, you know? Like, yeah. Going to Martial Arkansas, they're like, I'll, that was a good ass movie. And I'm Godzilla. Like, Godzilla. <laughs> But, like, I could just imagine, like, you know, it's pouring rain outside and you go into, like, the IMAX theater and sit down and watch Godzilla on the big screen. That's got to be the most terrifying experience. Um, And I wish I was there, basically. That sounds sounds like you missed out, dude. I hate to say it, but uh, that does sound like a lovely little, like, theater experience. I don't don't think that I want the theater experience to ever be done away with. I I, I guess I'm just saying, like, I wish we weren't so picky about it. I guess what Mm -hmm. really got me... Um, entrenched in this like oh screw it you know we don't need to go to the movies is when Christopher Nolan opened up his big fat mouth and like yeah, oh my weighed God. in he's way better if he stays silent and like <laughs> the man's fighting demons or something man he's so, I didn't read his full statement I just kind of saw like yeah. headlines do, do, you, do you know more specifically about what um, he said no I didn't I think I opened up to read his statement and then the Washington Post hit me with that you must subscribe and I was like uh, okay I hate off. that but I mean uh, what I what I did see was I saw several sources that quoted different parts of it and you know he basically for those who don't know um, Christopher Nolan he opened his mouth on Twitter or not even on Twitter he did it like he wrote a statement about Warner Brothers and them releasing their slate talking about like he thought he was working for one of the greatest company film companies in the world. Then he woke up and he found out he was working for, quote-unquote, the worst streaming service um, ever. Uh, and I, oh Which goodness. is weird because I think HBO Max is actually one of the better streaming services. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, I love it. It's an, <laughs> and, you know, he should really appreciate that because they they have, like, like cinema, like, history, classics on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the Battleship Pot, uh, Potemkin. You got the the Three Colors trilogy. 
You got uh, like a bunch of yeah. Ice. Their TCM collection is like crazy, yeah, yeah, dude. Exactly. So just a bunch of Criterion stuff, uh, and he just goes out. He says it's the worst streaming service, and he's so. I, he's so dead set on just absolutely, you know, destroying uh, anybody else's opinion on streaming services, or trying to destroy the the facade that is the streaming service, and how it, it's gonna it's gonna end the traditional experience. And I can tell he really likes theaters, and he really likes shooting on film. So he's really like a kind of like a, a traditionalist. But man, he has got to either just shut up. Or just move with the times. Yeah. Um, his movies are great, but you can even see with Tenet, you know, he tried putting that out in the theater in a pandemic. It did not make nearly enough as they planned or as it should have to get Warner Brothers their money back. Because this is a huge movie, by the way, like almost $300 million. I think the exact budget was like $205 million. Uh, oh, wow. Which I rem- that's weird. I think that changed because when I when the movie first came out, they were toting it as a three hundred million dollar movie. That's crazy. Um, but and it only made three hundred and fifty. If it's really a two hundred five million dollar movie, it only grossed three hundred and fifty million globally. Um, that's insane that it yeah. grossed that much. Even I yeah, feel like, like I think that must have been China, like a big. Oh yeah, it did well in the that. foreign. It did well in the foreign markets, but not very well here in the U.S. Is what I read. I and I think that's such an act of hubris on his part that he is examining the landscape, you know. And there's a literal like pandemic forcing people to stay home, and he's like, "If I release Tenant now, <laughs> people are definitely gonna come see it. Like, it's a really important movie. Like, in the reviews seem to indicate that it's not even." one of his best movies or anything like it's not even a especially good christopher nolan movie so like i mean i don't know you guys actually saw it so i'm not gonna dunk on it without seeing it i'm just kind of pissed off at nolan um and the thing is like i just read more of a statement while we were talking um and he he's saying that the reason he did it is because uh 2019 was the biggest year for movies ever I mean, one, um, <laughs> there was not the coronavirus happening. Yeah, well, it was because it's COVID-19. It was first reported in December. But, right. you know, it wasn't a widespread pandemic yet. And yeah. people, you know, they had that option. Mm-hmm. And also, that's just how things have always been done. You know, yeah, people release movies in theaters and then they come to DVD and now streaming services. But that doesn't have to be the way it is, you know. Mm. You could have movies on streaming services and at the theater. And, like, if you give people that choice, like, it's their freaking right to choose how, how they want to experience movies, you right, know? yeah. We don't have to preserve any kind of tradition. I I hate that idea, you know? Like, I'd, I'd much rather see get the landscape involved. <laughs> what? I said they can get you in trouble sometimes preserving tradition. Oh, precisely. <laughs> I think some of the most backwards things in the world come out of like tradition preserving tradition you know and i'm not saying that it's problematic to say that people should go to movie theaters but i'm saying it's kind of stupid you know like why (laughs) yeah why should you yeah i get that i mean for me like as long as the movie theaters are open i am always gonna go see a movie in the theaters just because i prefer the experience rather than sitting at home i 
I'm an introvert except when it comes to the movies. Like the movies for me is like sort of an introverted experience. Like I go, you go and you sit in a dark room and you watch a movie for two and a half hours. And even though other people are there, you don't have to talk to them. You don't even have to look at them. You can sit there and mind your own business and eat popcorn and watch a movie at, you know, 10 o'clock at night. And then you get out of the theater and the drive home, you talk with whoever you saw the movie with about the movie. Or maybe if you went alone, you get in your car and like, I've done this before. Uh, I just look up the soundtrack and listen to the soundtrack on the way home. If it was a you know good soundtrack or something, you know, um, it's just an experience that I really like. And I think if the movie theaters ever died, I would definitely be hurt. I would not like that at all. But is that soon? No. No, we still have plenty enough capitalist money to spare to, yeah. for theaters to stay open. Um, so, yeah, um, it's not the death, but I'm excited, actually, to see, like, what, like, every, it's like, the streaming wars at this point is a chess game. Uh, we're bringing it around right, full it's circle. It's all chess, baby. It's a, it's a chess game. Every time... One of them makes a move. The other one has to make a move to try to outsmart them or to try to, you know, get ahead in the game. And that's, like, what we're happening. That's what's happening right now. You know, HBO Max, they just they just moved there. They uh, they got their rook into play, man. Yeah. And then Disney Plus, well, they're like, well, we're going to sideswipe them real quick with a bishop. Oh, Casey and just learned about chess. He's so learned. excited about it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to release, uh, you know, we got 35 projects coming within three years. And it's just, it's insane. And I, I'm really interested to see, you know, what, what, you know, what Netflix or Hulu is going to do next. Like, I'm sure they've got something coming up before the year is over or at the mm. beginning of the year. Uh, it's just getting, I, I, you know, I did. I did a I did a speech on the streaming services, especially when Disney Plus had just came out in college, and I thought it was crazy when I was doing it. Then I was saying like you know the all these streaming services popping up, like you got a streaming services for, service for nearly every you know freaking channel on satellite TV right now. I said it's just gonna. I was arguing that it's gonna force people back into piracy, um, pirating more movies. Mm-hmm. But they totally blew my idea of that out of the water. I don't think that's going to happen at all anymore because, you know, it's still – you got HBO Max slid in and now it's it's a giant. You know, Hulu had to work its way up. And, you know, even so did like some of these other streamings that are kind of like bigger. They started really small and they worked their way up. HBO Max has just, you know, slid in. The bulldozer, it's insane. Every day they do something that topples the next thing that I think couldn't be even more crazier. But – uh, we're here. It's 2020, so I guess I should stop thinking that thing, yeah. <laughs> things are, uh, can't ever get crazier. Yeah, I think with the pirating point, I think people are just too lazy. Like, pirating takes a lot of effort, and then oh, yeah. often you get a pretty crappy quality it's definitely for the final product like these days i think people would just prefer to spend their money to get it you yeah. know like yeah any way they can um i know this seems a little bit of a bad time to add this statement because we're probably approaching the end of the episode but <laughs> i want to say one of my favorite things about this move away from theaters is the accessibility to new movies for um disabled individuals like I my brother is severely autistic and like back in the day he and my dad went to go see Star Wars um, and he was kind of having a, a sensory moment in the theater and uh, they kicked him out they ki- they got a cop in there and they were like you guys got to leave it's very dramatic by yeah. the way that whole situation like you know if someone wanted them to like 
be a little bit quieter. They should have talked to them. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But finally, you know, my people like my brother, if theaters aren't going to have like sensory friendly showings or anything, um, they can have that experience at home at the very least or people in wheelchairs, you know, have mm-hmm. like more accessibility. Like a theater will usually have like one slot for like people with wheelchairs. And yeah, that's it's like the, it. it's like two handicapped things in the front. Yeah. You know, the deaf can get the subtitled experience at yeah. home because not a lot of theaters show closed captioning no, either. I don't, like, I've never been to a theater that did like a closed captioning showing that I know of. I mean, other than like for foreign films, I, I right, don't think yeah. it happens really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it does obviously happen somewhere, but not to theaters I've ever been to. And not in Arkansas. We don't. We I don't just do that. think that it's such a, a cool move that like people can can have that experience at home and i i wasn't really even thinking about it from an accessibility standpoint mm-hmm. until just a couple minutes ago but like dang we can like i don't have to worry if miles is being like too loud and we're trying to go see like the new toy story or something you know mm-hmm. that that can happen just at home like yeah if, if he's not interested you know he can also walk away because i think that was an experience i had in 2019 i brought my brother to toy story 4 and it was kind of a gamble because, you know, you can mm-hmm. never really tell if something's going to hold his interest anyway yeah. to watch a movie. Uh, and he, he lost interest like <laughs> halfway through. He wanted his iPad and stuff. And he was making some noise at like inappropriate times. Um, and I was just like, oh, man, I know that you'd probably like this movie uh, if I could show it to you in more like doses uh and i mean he did end up paying attention to like the finale and i don't regret taking him to the movies Mm -hmm. it's just like that experience would be so much easier on everyone if like we were able to do that at home like yeah in a more friendly environment and i think just like so many people are going to feel that same way because uh here here's something that's not much of a shocker people on the autism spectrum actually love like uh animated movies and like so many of them would go to theaters if they didn't have like these quirks and ticks that like mm-hmm. prevent them from being able to like be in an audience with other people because a lot of people like you know need to shout or like make yeah. noises while they're watching and i think that's just so cool that we can have that experience at home i don't think that disney is the primary company that's gonna be a shining beacon of light and like really bring this home but i think it's cool that warner at least has yeah. started this and i mean i don't know I hope from that aspect that this gains traction. And I mean, in a perfect world, theaters are going to make a ton of money off of box office. Yeah. And corporations won't steal as much. And right. It's going to be a perfect thing. But I don't know. It might go really poorly for theaters. <laughs> yeah, it, it might. I'm, I'm worried that it, it will just because I want, I want one theater. I want one Experience. theater too, <laughs> just, just the one. Just, just one. Um, I miss yeah. Cinemark. I miss, I miss it all, dude. I, I do. Don't know. I do too. We can have these nuanced talks, but I want to be at a theater really bad. Dude. Yeah, I, especially like right now. Like I, I keep wondering why I've been able to save so much money this year. It's because I haven't been going to the theater, yeah. honestly. <laughs> like, I, I realized, like, a bunch of my money goes to the theater. Like, every weekend I'll go see a, a movie or two or three. Um, so, yeah. Well, um, I guess that about wraps it up for this one. Yeah, do you, do you want to, like, do a cute little outro where we uh, talk about the last movies we saw before the pandemic kicked off? Oh, yeah. 
I yeah, because I have a horrible one. What what was yours? <laughs> it was the new grudge. Really? You that was back in January, even. Yeah. Well. Oh, you're right. That was January. That couldn't have been the last one I saw then, because we went into we went into uh, you know quarantine in March, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like, did you catch? Oh, the boy too. Uh, no, I did not. Did you? I unfortunately I did. <laughs> My my list of movies this year was not stellar. It was Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh no! Um, the Boy Two, which was awful, and um, <laughs> Onward, which was surprisingly the best movie I saw in a theater this year. But <laughs> it's not that great. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's I, pretty good, but it's not. I saw the movies I saw this year were um, that were twenty twenty releases: The Grudge and The Gentleman. The one with Matthew McConaughey and his oh, action. Oh, is that Guy Ritchie movie? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, okay. a, it's a Guy Ritchie movie, you know? Those are... You get what you... Miss. You get what you... You get what you, you, you freaking ask for. You get what you pay for. You get bruv. what... Bruv. <laughs> no, like, it was entertaining enough, but I was like... Uh, and that was the last one I saw, and I was like... Well... Here's to 2021 having some better movies here, for us. Here, yeah. here is to 2021 having some better stuff. And in general, just be better 2021. <laughs> please, just please. be better. Oh, well, everybody, let us know if you agree with Nolan. No, I'm kidding. Um, let us know if you using the streaming service right now to listen to this podcast <laughs> think that they're stupid and dumb. <laughs> oh, this has been this has been the the mind, mind over movies and streaming services. services. Bye bye. <laughs>